What's going on, guys? In this episode, I'm going to discuss free agents and also just over each. I'm going to start with the offense. In this episode, it'll be just offense. I'll probably do another one on defense. Um, I'm going to go position by position, and I'm going to talk about the best and uh, the best values at each position, and also guys that I think are going to be at least a little bit overpaid. Doesn't necessarily mean I don't like the players. But I think that there will be some players at almost every position that I think could be, at least could be, overpaid when it's all said and done. Let's start with the quarterback position. So it's actually relatively deep. Now, is it deep in terms of guys that can be your franchise quarterback for the next five, 10 years? Maybe not. But it is deep in terms of guys that can come in and start for you in week one of 2021 if you need to, and or guys that can come in and be quality backups. Um, let me start things off with my favorite of the bunch, and it's Jameis Winston, man. I know this guy threw over 30 picks or whatever it was, 30 interceptions, and had another 20 dropped um, a couple years ago for Tampa, but – and then they got rid of him and they won the Super Bowl. So I think that that obviously cannot be ignored. But I do believe, number one, Jameis is a guy with a ton of talent. Okay, he, this is so weird to see a dude that was the first overall pick in an NFL draft a couple of years ago, right? Six years ago or whatever it was. And he's still in his 20s, I believe, to, to be a free agent two years in a row. He signed for peanuts last year with New Orleans, and he did that because he wanted to go. And um, basically, it was an audition for him to be the future quarterback for the Saints after Drew Brees retires. And it was an audition in the other way for the New Orleans Saints to see if maybe they could show Jameis that, hey, we're the place for you, which I think Jameis should be should be all in on that if that's really um, something that New Orleans is still interested in. However, I think that Jameis Winston right now, because he's not going to cost you $30 million, $40 million, I think he's a, a tremendous value. I think that even if you pay $10 million for Jameis right now, I don't think he'd sign anything longer than two years for 10, like 10 million per year, two years, 20 million, maybe the Mariota deal, something in that range, I think is fair. It's it's ridiculous to me that Marcus Mariota signed for more than Jameis Winston just last year. Don't ask me why. But um, as far as I can see, if you pay two years, even if it's like two years, 25 million for Jameis right now, I would totally do that. And I think it's a phenomenal value. Another value, I think that, um, and this kind of goes hand in hand with the podcast I did the other day where I discussed trying to hit on these low risk, high reward free agents. And that's what kind of these value guys are, in my opinion. Another value guy to me in, at the quarterback position is Cam Newton. Look, I know a lot of people are going to kill him the same way. They, the same people that killed Tom Brady after a, a rough season in New England the previous year are going to kill Cam Newton this year. But the fact of the matter is this. Cam Newton can still run as good as he could as a rookie. Almost exactly. The same. He's almost lost nothing in that physical concept, uh, context in, as far as that goes. Right. Um, his shoulder. Yeah, it's it's worrying. It's not the same. Right. He doesn't have the same pop on the football. He can't make the same throws, at least not with the same level of effectiveness as he used to. But if you get Cam Newton for somewhere in that 10, 12, 15 million dollar a year range, 17, 18 million dollar a year range, I think that, that that's phenomenal value. And I believe that you can do that this year. Andy Dalton is a guy I think is a compete to start and or high level backup. OK, that's a good value for what he'll probably cost you this offseason. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Look, man, the guy can still play. He's better than Tua Tagovailoa, but they're not going to bring him back because that would destroy Tua's confidence. So. Fitz is a free agent 
And I, to my knowledge, as of right now, I believe he's planning on playing in 2021. And if that's the case, I just think he's perfect for New England. Like, even though I think that if you, if I had to make a prediction on what I think will happen in New England, the quarterback position right now, I would say it's either Cam Newton and or a first round pick or a second round pick will be the starting quarterback for them. I do not believe that it's Jarrett Sidham. I think we've seen enough. Um, I think they've seen enough. I haven't seen enough. I like Sidham coming out, but I just don't think that we will see Sidham as a quote unquote, the guy there. Another guy I think could be, could be, and this is actually the same player is in my value and also in my potential overpays. And that's Mitchell Trubisky. Like, because I could just really see it going either way. I could see Trubisky, putting it all together and signing a contract that's perceived that one hell of a value for the team that signs him. Now it could be an overpay if they go ahead and give him big money deal, which I don't think will happen, but if they gave him like a five year, not five year, let's say let, they're not going to give him a five year deal. But if they, if somebody gave him like a three year, $65 million deal, I think something similar to the Teddy Bridgewater deal, I think we could say that's overpaying for Trubisky right now. I think he's better than Teddy Bridgewater, um, or at least, yeah, I think, he's, I think he's a little bit better than Teddy. I think he just offers you more upside on a game-to-game basis, like those 21-point comebacks in the fourth quarter, something I'm not quite sure Teddy Bridgewater has in him, even with a much better situation around him in Carolina than what Mitch Mitchell had to work with last year. But I do believe that Trubisky – is a guy that, like I said, he could either be a value or a guy that you're overpaying for. I don't think he's ever going to be an MVP candidate, but I do think that he has talent to really knock out of the park if he signs a deal for like 15, 17 million a year. All right. Another, a couple other guys I like is in terms of just, you know, little values and, and like back, basically backup guys would be Colt McCoy, Tyrod Taylor, and I also like Jacoby Brissett as another value guy. Jacoby Brissett, in his case specifically, like he's made a bunch of money. He is a guy that nobody really talks about in the same way that we always used to talk about, like Jay Cutler and um, Sam Bradford. And who was the other one? Uh, the guy that back the backup for the Bears and the Saints a few years ago, Chase Daniel. Those guys have made a lot of money for like not really doing much. But I think uh, Jacoby Brissett is right up in there. And yeah, he did start that one season for Indianapolis. And it made sense as to why they paid him what they paid him when they did. So, um, but obviously, He's not a franchise quarterback, but he is a solid uh, backup quarterback, in my opinion. All right, let's move to the running back position. Some values that I like, and these are some some like lower end values. I think Mark Ingram is a guy that still has a couple, at least one, maybe two years left to be a really solid early down back for you. Come in, get you eight to 12 carries a game and be really effective in doing so, four and a half yards a carry, somewhere in that range. Uh, James White is someone I think, quite the opposite of Mark Ingram. Like if you built a backfield with free agency, I'd, I'd sign James, uh, James White and Mark Ingram because I think you could get them combined for about 8 million bucks. And uh, I think they'd be the perfect tandem. So those two guys are good values in the lower end. Mike Davis is also a good value in the lower end. Wayne Gallman, Devontae Booker, Brian Hill, someone who I think could really return some value for you because I, I just believe in his talent. I liked him a lot coming out of Wyoming. And then for the medium range guys, I like <clears throat> Jamal Williams. One of my favorite values of the entire offensive free agency class, because this guy, in my opinion, is good enough to be a bell cow back in the NFL. Like he is legitimately a good football player. And um, I think that because he was always kind of in the shadows of Aaron Jones, people don't realize Aaron Jones played like 55, 60 percent of the snaps. And this guy played 40 and early in their careers. He played more than Jones. 
you know, uh, much to the dismay of many fans, but um, especially Packer fans or fantasy football fans that had Aaron Jones. But Jamal Williams is a good, well-rounded football player that I think can really uh, be a solid addition to any team for a cheap deal and could really look like a phenomenal value when it's all said and done. Um, I don't know if I mentioned Kalen Balaj, but I love this guy because I believe his upside is still high. And I think that we just started to barely scratch the surface of that last year. I think he's a guy that makes um, a lot of sense. He's going to make some money this offseason. I think he'll he'll make some money, but he'll also still potentially be really underpaid in terms of what he can be for you. Um, let's see here. Leonard Fournette, another one that's like, you know, dude, this guy's a 235-pound beast of a running back that can run you the hell over no matter who you are defensively. And, and oh, by the way, He's capable of catching 10 passes in a game or and in, in being targeted 100 times in a season. He really is that good of a receiver. He's really developed that part of his game over the last couple of seasons, and he's a legitimate receiver, and he'll drop some balls. Yeah, he will, but still a solid receiver. Um, now, Aaron Jones is the cream of the crop guy that I like as a value because I believe that the market is going to um, – implode on Jones a little bit. I don't think it's going to be what he wants it to be. I think this could be a situation where I could even see him going back to Green Bay and saying, hey, whatever you offered me last year, is that still on the table? Like, I, I think that's a legitimate possibility. I don't think it's going to happen because I think Green Bay really and truly wants to just go with A.J. Dillon. But I don't know. if I mean, if Darren Jones came back for like $11 million a year, I think they would do that. But um, I don't know what their cap situation looks like. I think just on the surface level, that looks good. But I think that Jones is going to have to sign something like that. And it's going to really hurt his ego a little bit, you know, depending. I don't know. I don't know how he reacts to things like that personally in terms of just how emotionally intelligent he is. But he's going to have to sign a deal for far less than what McCaffrey signed for, far less than what Dalvin Cook signed for and Kamara Far less. I think he's going to have to still get less than what Derrick Henry got because Henry got about twelve and a half million per year. Just when I look at it, I could make if I'm his agent, I'm saying he's worth 14, 15, 16 million a year. But if I'm teams that are trying to get his services, I'm saying, look, this guy's a 60 percent, 50, 50 to 60 percent of the snap player. Um, he was featured in an offense that was just awesome with Aaron Rodgers. So he was never like the guy that people try to take away the scheme. And like I can just see it now coming together with a very deep running back class in terms of free agency. And from what I've seen so far, there's a bunch of good running backs in the draft as well. I think this all brings Aaron Jones market price down. I might have contradicted myself in a previous podcast talking about Aaron Jones and how much he's worth, but I'm just going to clarify that. Now, if I'm his agent, I'm saying he's worth 15 to 17 million, maybe 13 to 16 million, somewhere there. If I'm the team, um, trying to sign Aaron Jones, I'm not giving him more than 12, 13. I think that's his absolute ceiling in my opinion. All right, so some guys that I think that when we look back at it, it'll be overpaid, or at least that it could be. Not that it will be for sure, but that it definitely could be. Number one, Chris Carson. Why? I love Chris Carson. You guys know that a couple of years ago, I was beating the drum constantly for Chris Carson in the fourth round. I thought it was one of the best values in fantasy football that year, and it turned out to be. The next year, which was last year, not so much. I was a little bit worried about him coming off like a broken hip or whatever. Well, like, come on. like, dude, a broken hip. And he came out and played really well. Give him credit. He missed a few games on the stretch, which hurts you. But he did play in fantasy. But he did play well. Now, this season, this is a guy that, like I said, 
broken hip, broken ankle, you know, physical bruising running style. I don't think you're going to have to pay him again. No, you're not going to have to pay him as much as you're going to have to pay Aaron Jones, but you're going to have to pay him more than, I think, more more than Melvin Gordon's $8 million average annual salary. And I think that if it's any, let's just say you get him three years, $30 million, I don't think uh, that could certainly work out well for you, right? But I also could see it being like, damn it, we just basically did that for a guy that's going to play about four games a year on average, and we're going to cut him after his second year. And we w- I wish we would have stayed away. I could totally see that. And it's and I don't and I hope I'm wrong. I love Chris Carson. I think he deserves to get paid a bunch of money. I think he's just an awesome team player and a really great talent as well. But I just think that when we look back on it in a few years, we might say, eh, maybe we shouldn't have gave him, especially if it's a four-year deal. If it's three years, 30 million, I think you can sleep at night. If it's four years, 42 million or something like that, it's like, ugh, because then now you're you're sitting there guaranteeing 17 million of it or whatever it is. And and uh, I think that could hurt you in the long run because he's just such a physical player, you know, and it's, and he's already been, sh- he's already shown you that he will break down just a little bit here and there. And, um, you know, I think that can't be understated. James Conner, that's another one, right? He's going to get paid, in my opinion, a little less than Chris Carson, but I think you could be looking at the same type of thing there. Kenyon Drake, this guy, I don't know if he was just pressing last year, but he was so awesome in those eight games. And I'm a guy that's tough to sell with a short sample size. This dude sold me to the point where he was like, I don't even know, but I was very high on him in terms of fantasy running backs in, in that Arizona Cardinals system. But he just didn't look the same this past season. I don't know if he was injured or what. I know he was injured for a little bit, but just all in all, he just, even from week one on, he just didn't look like the same guy. Now, I don't know if that's Kingsbury not using him properly. Who knows? But all I know is if you're going to have to pay this guy more than Melvin Gordon's making, I'm staying away. Another one that I think could be overpaid, and this is specifically because of his name value and where he was drafted once upon a time, that's Todd Gurley. I think that if you're paying Todd Gurley $4 million a year, you're paying him too much. That's just my opinion. All right. And note, I love Todd Gurley too. No disrespect to him. But anyways, moving on, uh, wide receiver. Let's look at the wide receiver. So in terms of the high-end guys, right, the Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, you can't go wrong with those guys. Those are good values. Now, if you, if you listen to my podcast the other day, are they the same kind of values as when you get a guy like uh, Leonard Williams for a fourth round pick and then you turn him into one of the best players in football? No, it's not the same thing as that, but it's um, it's okay. You know, these, these are elite players and I think that, but Kenny Galladay, however, I will say just because of the injuries last year, I could see where he'd be in the overpay uh, category as well. But I think all in all, I, if my team signed Kenny Galladay or Allen Robinson, I'm I'm happy. I'm not mad. Okay, another guy I think is a good value in the more on the cheaper end of it is Josh Reynolds. Rashad uh, Perryman I think is a very good value. Demarcus Robinson's a good value on the cheaper end. Demir Bird, Curtis Samuel, these guys, and Curtis Samuel's not going to be that cheap. But um, Demir Bird had 600 yards last year. He made like a million bucks. You know, like I think you can get him for two million this year, and I think if he needs to, he can he can put up another six seven hundred yards for you. Now, maybe it'll actually let me take that back. I think he can go for four four hundred to six hundred yards for you if he has to. Right in in New England, he had to. <laughs> but um, just to say, like I think he's a I think he's a solid NFL receiver, like a solid fourth option for you. You can put him on your roster for you know a million and a half, two and a half million dollars at the most, and I think that's a pretty solid value because he's reliable. Um, guys, I think will be overpaid. 
AJ Green, he's older and he's just not the same as he used to be. And I think that just the fact that he's AJ Green and the fact that you're hoping maybe you can get one of those years out of him, I think he ends up getting overpaid. Juju Smith-Schuster, I have always been the one to pump the brakes on Juju. I said, hey, wait a minute. I'm not quite sure he's a true number one receiver. Well, guess what? He's hitting free agency. And after a rookie uh, contract in which he's put up some of the best numbers by anybody his age ever through the first four seasons, you're going to have to pay for that guy. And he's also built quite a brand for himself. So Juju is someone I think will be overpaid when it's all said and done. We look back three, four years from now and we say, man, do you think that was a good signing or bad signing when they gave Juju $18 million a year? And you're going to say, ah, I don't, I don't love it. T.Y. Hilton, another one, man. I just don't, I just don't trust his slender sort of-ish frame to be able to stay healthy and be consistent for you. However, when he's on the field, he's going to be good. He's just a good player. Will Fuller, another one that's going to be overpaid, in my opinion. I think that Will Fuller, you guys have heard my opinion on Will Fuller. I just, I just don't trust him to stay healthy. Point, you know, point blank period. I think that now he could, but here's the thing. I wouldn't even say he could become one of the better values, even if he stays healthy, because you're going to have to pay him. He's a former first round pick. He's a guy that has flashed high level production in this league when he stays healthy. So if your team doctor comes in and tells you, hey, man, we, Will Fuller looks good to me. He looks like he's going to stay healthy. Um, that doctor is probably going to be fired because Will Fuller will find a way to miss a few games and they will probably be in crucial uh, points of the season. And I just think that that's just bound to happen with Will Fuller. Another one I think will be overpaid is, and this pains me to say because I love this guy, is Chris Godwin. Look, Godwin was featured to his exact perfect role in the Bruce Arians offense, being that slot guy and just being force fed targets by Jameis Winston and Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady, not so much, but Tom Brady just naturally not going to force the ball to anybody um, as much as Jameis or as much as really anybody. But Chris Godwin, in my opinion, I think we've seen his best years will be behind him. I think that not to say he's not a high level talent. He absolutely is. But I don't see him as an elite player, and I think he's going to be paid as one and therefore overpaid. Sammy Watkins, I do not think he's a guy that has – look, this is, the, this is like the Jacoby Brissett of wide receivers. Look, Sammy Watkins, very talented, very good player, but he just isn't ever going to be a high-level producer. And, oh, by the way, if you want Sammy Watkins to play for you, it's going to cost you $15 bucks a year. 14 at the minimum, in my opinion. He's just got that, you know, former top five pick. Um, he's just, he's a Super Bowl champion. You know, he's been to another one. He's just, that. that's just, his resume tells you he's going to cost some money. And then last one on this list is uh, Marvin Jones for the receivers. I think Marvin Jones is going to be a guy that finally gets paid what he's worth. And I think that he's going to be able to not finally give you what he's actually give you a value on that money. He gave the lions one hell of a value on that whole contract, but I think now is not so much. All right. Tight ends. There's not many Gerald Everett, Demetrius Harris, Jared cook and Hunter Henry, I think will all be solid values. Look, Jared cook, even though he's old, I think specifically because he's old, you will get maybe the best value out of him. You know, if you need a starting tight end to come in and catch a bunch, maybe not catch a bunch of passes, but catch passes for big gains and touchdowns, Jared Cook's your guy. Demetrius Harris is that potential, you know, low risk, high end tight end option for you. Uh, Gerald Everett is is a little bit more risk than Demetrius Harris. However, 
he's a much higher end um, payoff if he hits. I think he's a guy that should definitely, if you need a tight end and you don't want to spend $10 million a year, $12 million a year on Hunter Henry, I think Everett's a phenomenal value, potentially a phenomenal value as well. And then I think Hunter Henry, just because of the position, look, he's he's a guy that really could be a Darren Waller, you know, like producer in my opinion so i think just getting them on your team because there's not that many of those guys available in the nfl is a wise move i think it'll be a, a good value i think overpay is really only, only i can think of is tyler croft there should be he'll probably be a little bit overpaid at the tight end position all right offensive tackles trent williams is a value in my opinion because let's not forget he sat out for an entire year came back and according to pff last year he was like a 90 something grade um in terms of like his pff grade last year of course, that was in a good offensive system, but I think I just think that Trent Williams still has enough, um, you know, tread on the tires to give you another couple of good years. And I'm not sure if you're going to have to give him quite top level left tackle money. I think you're going to have to give him, you know, very. I think you're going to have to make him like the eighth or ninth highest paid offensive tackle. So I think that because of that, if you get an Andrew Whitworth like finish to his career, I mean, that's that's a that's a good value in my opinion. Daryl Williams, another one. So Daryl Williams, a guy that had a great year early on in his career, made the um, all pro team in Carolina. Then he kind of was like, eh, you know, had some rough years, an injury year. Then he went to Buffalo, had a great year. But I don't think you're going to have to pay him based on the guy he was last year because he's shown you that he can be inconsistent. I think that that's the reason for me that I think he will be ultimately a pretty good value because I think maybe he'll get 10 million a year, 9 million a year. And I think he could potentially be one of the better right tackles in football for you, maybe a top 10 right tackle. Um, Rick, Ricky Wagner, another one I think is just a solid value. I think he's going to cost you a bunch of money, but he's just going to be solid. Taylor Moten is going to cost you the most money of all these guys, most likely, maybe not. I mean, at least for the right tackle side, other than Trent Williams and tackles overall. But I think Taylor Moten is just that good. He's just going to be a good value. Get him on your team. Like, for example, if you were the Baltimore Ravens, I talked about this when Orlando Brown won in the trade. If Orlando Brown wants to trade or and or wants left tackle money, I would trade Orlando Brown for a first rounder, at least maybe more than first rounder. And I would just sign Taylor Moten. You know, because next year you're going to have to pay Brown. And if he's going to want left tackle money, that's going to be close to $20 million a year, if not 20, you know, plus. So I think Taylor Moten is a fine replacement there. And he's a guy that has no issue playing the right tackle position. Ty and Shecky, and believe it or not, Mike Remmers, I believe is a good value. I know you guys are going to kill me for this one, but Mike Remmers is a guy you can probably sign for $3 million, $4 million. And he's a very capable starting right tackle. Now, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl had him playing left tackle and weren't even helping him against one of the best pass rushes in football. Do not put that on Mike Rimmers. That is on the coaching staff. That is not his fault. He's not supposed to be able to just shut down elite pass rushers one-on-one. -on -one. But if you want him to come in at his natural position, which is right tackle, and he can play some guard for you as well, he can come in and be a solid contributor, if not a starter, for your team. So I think he is a phenomenal value for the three or four million dollars you're likely going to have to pay for him. Jermaine Effetti came in, played a bunch of snaps for Chicago last year, did it for like less than a million dollars on the season. He's a guy that I think is not going to cost you a whole bunch more because when you look at his career, we've seen more bad than good. So therefore, I think that his value of I think he made some money for himself compared to what he made last year because he made like nine hundred thousand last year. So I think overall this year 
this free agency, he'll make three or four million. But I think all you know, if you get a starting caliber uh, offensive tackle out of that, I think that's perfectly fine. Ty Sambrillo is another one I think is just a solid role player slash swing tackle kind of guy that will be at value for you. And Roderick Johnson is one that really could be one of those low risk, high reward options for you. A young guy that still has upside, in my opinion. All right, overpays. Who's going to get overpaid out of the out of the offensive tackle population this free agency? I think Alejandro Villanueva is one because I think he's starting to kind of decline. And I think that based on his track record, based on what he's done in his career, you're going to have to pay a little bit more than you probably are going to get in return. So I think that's going to be a slight overpay, although I love Andrew Vill- Alejandro Villanueva, so I wish him the best. Another guy I love that I have on this list because I'm trying to be objective. I mean, um, trying to be you know fair here is Russell Okung. Okung is a guy that's missed some games last year, right? Missed a bunch of games last year for Carolina, but he's still probably one of the best left tackles in football. Therefore, you're going to have to pay him like it, and that's the only reason he's on this list. You know, if he comes out, if you give him 18, 19 million dollars a year, and he plays six games for you next year. You're going to look at that a year from now and just think, man, this sucks, you know? So I think it's only solely because of his, his availability. I think that might be his only real issue. So, uh, but it is a concern in my opinion. Sam Tevy's a guy that has played a bunch of snaps as a starter for the Chargers. Therefore, you may have to pay him like starter money. And I don't think he's a good starter. So I think that the value on him is just going to be a little bit off. And that's just my you know, prediction. I think Cam Robinson is another one. I think Cam is a guy that's been a solid, decent player, starter, you know, definitely a starter level um, player in the NFL, but I don't think he is going to, I think he's going to get paid a lot because I think that the kind of uh, pedigree that he comes with, the resume of like four year, you know, starter, very good starter at Alabama, uh, day one starter for the Jaguars, you know, high second round pick, all that kind of stuff. I think he's just not going to be a guy. I think you're going to, let me rephrase. You're going to have to pay him 15 million bucks a year, 13, 14 million bucks per year. And I don't think he's good enough to return value on that. I think his true value is about seven to $9 million per season. So I think he's going to be at least slightly overpaid um, at the offensive tackle position. Watch, He's going to surprise people with how much money he gets. Watch. All right. And then as far as the interior offensive linemen go, I am going to discuss a couple of guys that I really like, and that's number one, Brandon Sheriff, man. Brandon Sheriff, in my opinion, is going to be a phenomenal value. I know he was he made a bunch of money last year on the franchise tag, but I'm, I think he's going to make some good money this year. Mike Pouncey is someone that worries me. Um, Joe Thune is someone that worries me. Uh, let's see here. John Miller for the Panthers last year was a starter, made 4 million bucks. I think he's a guy that's going to come in and provide solid value for anybody who signs him. And maybe my most favorite value pick of the entire, um, offensive line, this free agency is Corey Lindsley, the Packers guy, right? A lot of people are going to think, well, he was playing with Aaron Rodgers in that scheme. Maybe he's not that guy. And he's already, I think he's like almost 30 or already 30. I think that he's one of the best centers in football, if not the best pass blocking center in football. And I just, for some reason, when I look at him, I don't feel that people are high enough on him. So I think that he's going to be a phenomenal value. Just my opinion. I think, I mean, also he doesn't play a position that, that typically gets paid a bunch of money. And because he's already, let me check. I think he's 30. 
yeah, he's 30 years old right now. So because of that, it might not be quite the um, open market that he hopes it would be. I could even see him having to take like a one-year deal. But ultimately, I think he's a phenomenal player who's going to severely outplay the um, contract if it's not a big one for him, or if it's not a huge one for him. I think he should be the highest paid interior offensive lineman in football. Um, maybe second to Sheriff, but right around there. And then um, – yeah, I think that's pretty much all I got for you guys in terms of the interior offensive linemen. Um, yeah, so that's what I got in this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll talk to you later.